Welcome to the Adult Autism, A Spectrum of Uniqueness podcast, a podcast series for adults on the autism spectrum or those who think they might be autistic. Here's your host, Chris Quarto. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I wanted to talk about the stigma of autism today because as much as we've progressed in our knowledge and understanding of it as a society, there's still plenty of people out there who view it in negative ways. Or, you know, when a neurotypical person discovers that a person is autistic, they might think of them or, or treat them like they're less than. So instead of treating a person as, you know, Joe the plumber, they're treated as autistic Joe. Too often, autistic adults experience negative reactions by neurotypical folks who have uh, preconceived notions about autism, perhaps based on movies like Rain Man, where the main character, Raymond Babbitt, and I don't know if you've ever seen this movie or not, but if you haven't, do yourself a favor and watch it. But Raymond essentially couldn't function without the assistance of his brother. And as good as the movie was, it creates a stereotype that fuels stigma. Stigma meaning that a person is seen in a, in a negative way because of some characteristic. In this case, because of their neurodiversity. Stereotype is similar in some ways. Basically, it's an unfair, um, an untrue belief that people hold about someone based on some characteristic. So stigma, in, in essence, is a negative stereotype with an element of disgrace or shame. And so that's what makes it a bad thing. Here's the thing, and you're probably aware of this. Stereotypes are based on misunderstandings and a lack of knowledge of things, as well as um, a neglect or unwillingness to consider alternative viewpoints or ways of looking at things. Not being seen for who you are and instead being seen as a label is really the ultimate form of disrespect when you think about it. Stigma may even result more from the actual label autistic as opposed to the nature of the person themselves. Obviously, an autistic person may have many positive qualities, but because people know they're autistic, they're not given the opportunity to display their true selves to most neurotypical folks because of this lack of tolerance for differences. So what's an autistic person to do about this? Unfortunately, it's too easy for autistic people to uh, internalize stigmatizing comments they hear throughout the course of their lives. It's no wonder why they experience low self-esteem, um, you know, lack of self-confidence and stuff like that. While there's only so much an autistic person can do to address stigma, they're certainly capable of changing internalized stigma 
that's making them feel sucky about themselves and their lives. And in fact, there are lots of ways that this can be done on their own. But of course, getting help from a therapist can be beneficial too. Several months ago, I um, read this book. It was called Unmasking Autism by Devon Price. And they did a really good job delving into this stuff and, and describing what autistic adults can do to ditch their shame and, and live a more authentic life. That's not an easy thing to do, by the way. I mean, masking autistic traits serves an important function, essentially to hide behaviors that are likely to be responded to negatively. And so to protect oneself from, from additional stigma and shame. But if you get a chance to read that book, I highly recommend it because it addresses this kind of stuff and, and what you can do uh, about it. Now, part of the stigma issue also relates to assumptions that neurotypical people make about autistic people. So, for example, they might assume that autism is a, is a disease. Of course, that's not the case. But still, they might think something like, oh my gosh, that person has autism. They must feel so bad. And talk to them as if they feel sorry for them. Well, that's not only a sign of disrespect, but could hurt the person, the autistic person, if they don't view autism this way. In fact, it's quite possible that an autistic person views autism as something that makes them unique and despite its challenges is something that they've accepted about themselves just like anybody has to accept accept uh, certain things about themselves that are challenging a good example is the harry potter movies or, or books if you're a fan of those you might be familiar with the character luna lovegood who has many autistic traits, although she's not referred to that way in the books or the movies. It's quite apparent that Luna grew up in a home where her uniqueness was embraced and she feels quite comfortable with herself. But she's also aware that others may not view her unique qualities in the same way that her father did, but she's okay with that and, and keeps interacting with them like she would with her father. In other words, she's authentic. So what can be done about the stigma associated with autism? Well, personally, I think it all starts with education. And you know what? The most powerful way of educating people is for an autistic adult to share their experiences with neuro typical people, that personal contact. That's what it's all about. Now, it's not like you can just go up to somebody that you don't know and, and share with them who you are and, you know, what makes you unique, what you struggle with, all that kind of stuff. As in any relationship, it takes getting to know a person to open up about um, personally relevant and, and sensitive topics, no matter if you're autistic or neurotypical. 
It could be brought up in more non-direct ways at first. That might be a good way of doing it, in fact. For example, let's say that you're autistic and you're eating lunch with a neurotypical coworker. And at some point, you, you start flapping your hands. Maybe that's your form of stimming. Now, in the past, you've made an effort to suppress that. But this time, you decided to let it happen as a strategy to educate your coworker about autism. So your coworker might see this and say, oh, are you okay? Did something happen? And you might say something like, oh, that. Sometimes I do that when my body tells me I, I need to move for some reason. It's sort of like adjusting the temperature dial on a stove. So the idea is to slowly expose the coworker to your uniqueness. In another situation, um, someone you don't know too well might introduce you to a third person. But as the chit chat ensues, you're just not saying much because you're really not sure what to say, when to say it, and that kind of stuff. Because you've just never been very good at that kind of stuff. Your acquaintance may have picked up on that. And when they ask you afterwards if anything was wrong, you might say, no, it's not the easiest thing for me to talk to people. Sometimes I just don't know what to say. I kind of feel a little anxious. These types of things will help the person understand you better so you don't feel like you always have to wear a mask around them and can slowly reveal your authentic self, like Luna. This is a small way you can start to break down the stigma wall of autism. Now, there may come a time, I mean, after you started acting more authentically, that you decide to take things to the next level by doing some advocacy work to address stigma. In fact, this could be part of your let's call it your personal therapy. I mean, if you wanted to look at it that way. For example, there may be opportunities to meet with neurotypical people at uh, churches, schools, businesses, or, or service club meetings. This is a good example, like um, the Lions Club, Rotary Club, Kiwanis. They're always looking for people to talk about things. And, and you could talk about autism to them if you wanted to. Now, you wouldn't have to do this by yourself. I can hear you freaking out about this. It's like, there's no way I'd do something like that. Well, if you had someone who went with you to talk about autism, do you think that would make it a little bit easier? I, th I think it probably would. It could be you and a family member or a friend or even a therapist that could talk to people to educate them about autism and, and dispel the myths and stereotypes I was talking about before. Maybe it would just be easier for you to attend this kind of a talk as long as you could just kind of sit in the audience while someone else talked about autism. That might actually be easier, an easier first step to see how 
this all worked before you kind of got the courage to go up and, and talk about this yourself, whether it's by yourself or with somebody else. Basically, you'd want to find a way of taking the pressure off from you of being the sole talker to the group. Now, if you did this with someone else, then you could just kind of like tag team as you talk about issues and, and field questions from the audience. It would be interesting for you as the autistic person and for the other person, let's say that they're maybe the neurotypical, to share one another's particular experiences, perhaps you from a neurodiverse perspective and the other person from that neurotypical perspective to help educate people who attended the talk. I think that um, making this kind of a presentation would be a good way of, of bringing up the notion of stigma and how autistic people are unfairly pigeonholed and treated. What a great form of advocacy that would be. If, if, if you were to do this, then one of the important things you'd want to let people know is that everyone, everyone in the audience plays a role in reducing stigma and to encourage them to spread the word about what they learned moving forward. Now, if all that seems to be way too much at this point, then I hear you, and it's not a problem. In fact, you may decide never to do anything quite that anxiety-provoking, but it's possible to work on yourself to deal with stigma. If you've been diagnosed with autism, then you could easily view this as very bad news, especially when you are initially diagnosed. I've had plenty of clients who've reacted this way when I inform them that they're autistic at the end of a psychological evaluation appointment. Some, some kind of even react like it's a death blow, you know. The, the shame associated with autism or other things, whether it's trauma or alcoholism or ADHD or whatever it is, that's really strong in some people. And, and maybe you felt this way for a long time. Whenever you feel this way about yourself, it might be helpful to consider the flip side of the coin. In other words, is it possible there's a different way of looking at my autism as, a, as, a, as opposed to being a real shameful type of thing? Could it be that stigma has put blinders on me? So I've only thought about autism in negative ways without considering the positives. Could it be that my ways of perceiving and thinking about things is actually something that makes me unique and could even help neurotypical people open their minds to things that they hadn't really given much thought to before if only I shared that with them. Perhaps I have something of value to offer despite the fact that I struggle in certain ways. But you know what? Everybody struggles in some form or fashion with something. Mine just happens to be, you know, if this is you talking to yourself, in terms of relating to people and needing things done in a certain way. That autistic stuff.
Okay, so what are the takeaways from this episode? Well, remember, stigma, in essence, is this, this negative stereotype with an element of disgrace or shame. And autistic folks oftentimes feel like they have to hide themselves, their uniqueness, because of stigma. But this is starting to change as society has progressed and we're learning more about autism. And efforts need to be made to end stigma, which can be done by advocating for yourself in small ways, which is probably the, the more doable way of doing that, or in more public ways, like we talked about with talking to those groups. Okay, so until next time, this is Chris Quarto. Thanks again for joining me. And remember, your uniqueness is awesome.